0: Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star to our 11 o'clock service this morning as we talk about how to get through What you're going through, last week we talked about the waiting that we have to go through in life, today we'll talk about the storms that we have to go through in life. So I want you to do me a favor, go ahead and take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 27 is where we're going to be today. The easiest way to follow along probably is in the App Store. Uh, Go to the App Store, go to the North Star Church app. North Star Church, Georgia has all the stuff in there. If you've got your physical Bible, that'll be great. If you've got your note sheet, today is a day. You probably want to jot some things down because we know this about life. You are either in a storm, going in a storm, or coming out on the other side of a storm. Storms are inevitable and storms are part of life. Don't let them surprise you. Don't let them show up and you go, oh my gosh, I never dreamed that would be me. Storms are part of life. So today, every storm expert would tell you that how you prepare for the storm will help you get through the storm. So if you're in the middle of it, today is a, okay, let's batten down the hatches and let's figure some things out. If you're on either side of it, it's a good things to know and to put away. So when you do go through that season, you are ready. So let me say this, next Sunday is a day you don't want to miss. And we don't say that a lot here at North Star. We try not to overhype stuff. But I know that people love to go see leaves, which I haven't figured out yet. But anyway, so they would come to my yard. I got leaves everywhere. But anyway, so uh, if you're planning on being somewhere else, be back next Sunday morning. We are going to have a special prayer time built in our service next week for those of you that are in a storm of life right now. You're in a season of waiting. You're in a storm. We are going to have a designated time in our service. Well, we're going to come to the front. We're going to pray. We'll have people praying over you. So you don't want to miss that next Sunday at 9 30 and 11. All right, let me catch you up where we are. Two weeks ago, Casey talked about Paul basically getting railroaded and thrown in jail And they really sort of had the wrong guy, but they really wanted to keep Paul too. And then because of a political climate that was going on, they left him there for two years. That's what we talked about last week. Paul waited for two years for this second trial. He should have been in in the first place, but now he's in. Now he's waiting. So today we pick up the story, and Paul is finally going to make the trip to Rome, and they've got to set sail and go to Rome, and that's where the trouble starts. So in the first part of Acts 27— he has a, a guy named Julius that is put alongside him, basically is his, his, uh, his officer that's going to get him on this ship and get him safe in port to see Caesar for the next trial. 275 people aboard the ship. This ship sets sail And they get to the island of Crete. And Paul looks at them and said, guys, I I think we've gone as far as we need to go. I don't think we need to go anymore. There's some things that are coming. We don't need to go. But it's really interesting. In verse 10, it said that they listened to the the captain of the ship more than they listened to Paul. Paul Paul's probably in a minority of beliefs on the ship. So they set sail. And the storm blew up. So back during this time, a ship, Y'all know we're all thinking of Carnival Cruise Lines, all right, and so this is like a big barge with a sail attached to it, and they are getting buffeted, and they are getting hit, and it is not pretty. Acts chapter 27, we're going to pick up the story as the storm goes in, as they are making this crazy crazy ride. Would y'all stand with me in honor of reading God's Word together? Acts chapter 27. We'll start reading in verse 13. When a light wind, Luke records, began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and they sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly. abruptly. All right, time out real quick. Isn't that how storms show up? Everything's good. Everything's nice. And abruptly, everything changes. And a wind of typhoon strength called a nor'easter burst across the island and blew us out to the sea. Out of nowhere, a typhoon-type wind blows up and blows the ship out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they—and the, boy, this is, a, this is a picture of a storm—so they—what are the next two words? You ever feel like that in a storm? Wind's blowing too hard, you just let go of the ropes and go, man, this is, this is no use even trying to get through this. They gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed across the sheltered side of a small island named Cotta, where with great difficulty, we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship, trying to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of Sirtis off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven by the wind. So they're going now. Verse 18: The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard, trying to make the ship as light as possible. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, and this is really interesting. Luke notes this: blotting out the sun and the stars until at last, all what was gone. What's it say? Is there any better picture of a storm than all hope being gone? See, for a sailor back during that time, you navigated through the constellations and the stars. You can't even see them. Storms block everything that gets you through. And when you give up hope, You're in trouble. These guys gave up hope they were ever going to make it. Verse 21, no one had eaten for a long time. How many of you get angry when you don't eat? Raise your hand. All right. So y'all, you go, man, Mike, we never go past 12 o'clock. You know why? Because I'm hungry. All right. And so I ain't going to keep you long. They hadn't eaten for a long time. So they're all, you can imagine, they start turning on each other. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me. In the first place, and left not left Crete, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. But I love this. I love this. Remember, Paul's the, not the pastor on the ship. Paul's a prisoner on the ship. But Paul said, but take courage. None of you are going to lose your lives, even those ships going down. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul. You'll surely stay in trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. Time out. Real quick. You know the irony of that? I guarantee you 95% of the people on that ship did not believe in the God that Paul believed in. But people will believe in lots of stuff when you're in a storm. And they're all glad to hear Paul even though they don't even know about his God. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, we were being driven across the sea of Audra and the sailors sensed land was near. Hope was coming. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Would you pray with me? Right where you are this morning, would you tell the Lord what you need from him today? God, speak to us, meet us where we are, and give us what we need. And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, turn around and find somebody around you and say good morning to them, would you? I had every intention. This morning of you turning around going, let's go Braves, let's win this tonight, but it didn't work out. If you go, go Phillies, we're going to remove you. All right, from the services, you will be removed by security. But anyways, storms are part of this life. They stink. They're no fun. We don't like them. We don't want them. But they're part of the journey. So let me, let me throw an overview out, and then I'm going to dive in. When we started North Star, I was 28. I'm not, 20, not 28 anymore. And there's a word that I've gotten through the years that I think we get to read this story with today, and the word is perspective. For 25 years here at North Star, I've not only got to walk my journey, I've got to walk in a lot of your journeys. And a lot of what comes out of this story today are perspective lessons we've learned in that journey together. But when you're in the storm, you forget everything you know, don't you? It's like, The sky goes dark and I can't guide my ship anymore because I can't see the constellations and the stars and find the North Star to float towards or to float away from. We just can't. We have no sense of what's going on. So what do we need to know? It's so interesting how Luke captured this story. You're thinking it's a shipwreck, but yet in it are some amazing principles Pen, pencil, something to write with, thumbs to type with. Let's write down a couple of thoughts this morning. Here's, here's what we know about storms. Number one, some storms are avoidable. They are, they're avoidable. Verse 10, Paul tells them, Hey, boys, I don't think we need to make this trip. But they listened to the wrong person and they made the trip and they went through the storm. This could have been avoided. Here was the the key. Here's the word that, that ties into our lives now. I want you to write down the word choice. Choice. Some storms are caused by our poor choices. We have nobody to blame but us for that choice. It could have been a financial choice. It could have been a relational choice. It could have been a... In the moment, I chose the wrong thing, but there are some storms that are avoidable, but we create the storm with our choices. We look at situations and go, well, I know what somebody told me. Paul told them, don't go this way, and they went. Some of us, walked into a storm and everybody was going, don't do this. And we did it. So if you grew up, how many of y'all grew up around Atlanta? Raise your hand if you grew up around Atlanta. Okay. So after Christmas this year, we're taking all our adult kids going to Disney. Now that's, that's what we're going to do for a couple days after Christmas. I don't know anybody that Saves up money and goes, after Christmas, we're going to Six Flags. But anyway, so we used to go to Six Flags a lot growing up. And there was a thing at Six Flags called the Monster Plantation. you remember the Monster Plantation? And they used to have this little animal. like, was like, don't go there. Don't go there. That was out front. There's some of us. We've walked into choices. And every instinct, everything around us is like, don't do it. And we did it. And we created a storm. Now, yes or no? Does God forgive the choice? Yes. Are there still consequences? Yes. Listen listen to what Paul said. This is in the book of Galatians. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever man sows, he also reaps. Some storms are avoidable. So, If we're in that season, and some of us are in that season, a poor choice caused, or poor choice says caused the storm. You are forgiven. Your story isn't over, but don't blame God for what you're in. Does that make is that fair with everybody? Because we want somebody to blame. Some storms are avoidable. Lesson two. Some storms cause us to question God. Welcome to the club. You live life long enough, you will question God. I don't care how deep your faith is. I don't care how you grew up there will be storms that will cause you, they will shake you to the core and they will cause you to question God. The greatest have, Abraham, King David, Job, Jesus, the Garden of Gethsemane. There are some storms that shake you hard enough that you are gonna question God. So I wanna talk about this real quick. Number one, I'm going to tell you this. I want you to write this down. God can handle your questions. He's good. He can handle your questions. You know, as I think back over the years here at North Star, some of the common questions I've heard, has God forgotten me? Is God still good? Is he kind when my circumstances are in? Those are common questions I've heard. And they're real, and they're okay for you to ask. I would rather you ask your question to God than ask your question to the wrong place. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, don't ask questions there. That's probably not going to get good responses. Ask your question to the one that can do something about it. I love in the passage it said God and his goodness, Paul says, has granted a safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. I believe God and it will be Justice, he said. It's funny. Storms cause questions, and I will also say this: storms make people more open than they are at any other time. Largest attendance in the history of North Star non-Easter or Christmas Eve. All right, Christmas Eve, Easter, biggest Sundays or whatever days those happen. um, There'll be typically right around five thousand people that come through all those services. Largest non-attendance day. Sunday after September 11th. It was unbelievable. And it wasn't just North Shore. It was literally every church. Why? Because storms cause us to question God, even if we don't believe. So those guys on that boat, Paul speaks up and they're glad to listen because they're all wanting somebody to act like they know something. God Can handle your questions. Why? Because God knows answers you and I don't know. So, how many of you have raised children that are now out of the home? Raise your hand. Okay. Good number. I'm not gonna ask you if you're raising kids, you're in the middle of it because you're battle scarred. All right, and so for those of you, for those of you that have got kids on the other side of it, were there points that you made a decision your kids didn't like or understand? Well, sure. I remember there were a few times in our journey that it was explicitly expressed that we, Ann and I, didn't know what we were doing. And they were right. But anyways, so we had no idea. We were just trying to figure it out. But we knew things they didn't know. God can handle your questions. The great ones ask, here's my challenge to you. I want you to write this down. Don't stay in the questions. Visit, don't stay. You stay in the questions, and you go, no, no, I'm not moving on from this until God gives me an answer that I like, and I understand I am not moving, you will get bitter if you stay there. You will get better. Well, Mike, I feel like if I ask questions, it means I don't have faith. It does not mean you don't have faith. It just means you don't understand. If God is infinite and we are finite, there is no way you can understand. There are seasons. There will be an answer that will come that you'll go, okay, that makes sense. And then there's things and times and stuff that you go through you'll never get an answer to. But here's what happens in it. Ready? It's a word we talked about last week. We learn to trust the Lord. God, there's something you know that I don't know, and I trust you. Same thing we ask of our kids. I know this doesn't make sense now. Just trust us. We're not trying to punish you. We're not trying to hurt you. Just trust us. And we're flawed parents. Some storms are avoidable. Some storms, I would almost say all storms, will cause us to question God. But number three, some storms, they are unavoidable. They're unavoidable. We live, ladies and gentlemen, in a fallen world where sin and death are real things. God created a perfect world. Adam and Eve botched that thing. Read the book of Genesis. From that point on, sin and then the cause of sin, the ultimate Penalty of sin, death entered the world. And from that point, from the book of Genesis till now, all of those things are part of our existence here. We want to live like we are forever in the state that we're in. And that is not reality on this side of heaven. It's just not. It's just not. Some storms are unavoidable. They come as a part of living in a fallen world. Well, then, Mike, does that mean God doesn't know? No, it doesn't mean God doesn't know. There are times God permits that storm in your life. He permits that to go on for that season. Look look at the way it says it in the book of Acts but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Gentlemen, we are headed to that island. So Mike, when I'm in that unavoidable storm, what do I remember? I want you to write down two things, ready? God has not forgotten you. And God's not gonna waste that storm. God didn't take a day off. He didn't close the drive through early. He didn't lock the door and take a week. There are some things that happen that he permits in our lives, and they're unavoidable. What you know, how good a person you are, the rain falls on the just, and the rain falls on the unjust. The storms hit the house built on sand, and the storms hit the house built on a rock. Some storms are unavoidable. They're going to happen. Gentlemen, we are going to hit land. Prepare. You live life long enough, you will go through those things. I had a good friend here at North Star and every time I see him, I'll say, how you doing? And this is always his response. How long you got? Right? I mean, that's sort of how we feel about life sometimes. How long you got? I'm going through stuff. Well, Mike, your life's perfect. How long you got? Pull up a chair. I'll fill you in on parts of our journey you didn't know. Some storms are unavoidable. We live in a fallen world. They're going to come to your house. They're going to visit. Don't let it surprise you. Don't let it catch you off guard. Don't let it make you think God forgot you. He didn't forget you. Jesus, pretty good guy to know something about it, tells his disciples this in John chapter 16. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Some storms are avoidable. They, well, I caused them. We caused them. Some caused me to question God. Some are unavoidable. They are just things I am going to pass through because I live in a fallen world. But here's the beauty. We don't live here forever. Number four, in every storm there's hope. And that's what we're gonna be talking about next week is hope. In every storm there's hope. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, we were being driven across the Sea of Audrey. Sailors sensed land was near. Can you hear the murmuring on that boat? Guys, we're almost there. Guys, we're almost to land. They'd just given up hope. Because the wind was blowing so hard they couldn't hold the mast and the sail. So they just let them go. And they just sailed wherever it took them. We'll all be there. But we ain't staying in it forever. If you are in a storm right now, I want you to look at me. Don't push pause. It's temporary. Don't push pause. Think about every great movie that's ever been made. It it always involves a plot. Something really good happens. Something really bad happens. And then hopefully, if it's a good movie... It resolves. I don't know if you've ever sat through one and you went, is it over, right? A good one resolves. I mean, you think about the classics that Hollywood's put out. Remember the Titans, right? You remember the the Titans, right? If you had not seen it, it's a classic. The team's divided, two opposing coaches, racial conflict. But if you hang in the movie, they come together. Don't push pause, in your story don't stop the story there's hope coming there's hope I want you listen to what Paul said talking about perspective Paul writes this to the church at Corinth and he says our present troubles listen they're small and they won't last very long they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs and will last forever. Don't look at the troubles we see now. Rather fix our gaze on things we can't see. For the things we see now will be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Paul tells us the antidote. When you're in the storm, you listen. This is from Paul. Don't look around at the storm, look up. When the sea is angry and the storm is blowing, and you've let go of your sails going, "I, I can't, I can't do this. Don't look at your circumstances up fix your gaze on what you can't see yesterday morning thinking about this sermon all week processing it made a visit to a precious lady's house she has been fighting a battle since 2013 with a byproduct of a fallen world called cancer she sat right there her and her precious husband for years and that battle started and she has waged war for nine years days of hope days of despair days that's going to get better and days that's not going to get better just a little bit older than me myself and Bridget met up down there yesterday with her husband and her and I walked in that room she's just tiny now she still had that same smile. <clears throat> I grabbed her hand. I said, Hope's just around the corner. Because within days, she's going to close her eyes here. And she's going to open her eyes to a Savior that died for her who's waiting on her and that's going to reach out and he's going to wrap his arms around her and she is going to feel the warmth of his embrace. Mike, why, why would you say that's what our greeting's like in heaven? I think God's waiting on us to go, ah, you didn't live here. Well, you get over here and you get over here. No, 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 no. Prodigal son. When he was still a long ways off, his daddy ran to meet him. And what does it say? His daddy showered him with kisses. It's just a picture. It was a parable. It's a picture of how God responds when one of his comes home. What's the homecoming going to be like in heaven? And I said, pretty soon, sweet lady, you're going to see face to face what we've only talked about here. You know what she'll say after about two minutes in heaven? For our light and momentary troubles, just last for a little while. Hey, when you get to heaven, there is no more sickness, there is no more pain, there is no more darkness, there is no more division. There is no more hatred. There's no more murder. There's no more suicide. There's no more depression. There's no more addiction. Hang on. Hope is just around the corner. Would you pray with me? If you are here today and you don't know Jesus, I don't know how you do it, man. <laughs> Maybe today a friend invited you because they knew <clears throat> what we were talking about. And today you go, man, Mike, I came because I need something bigger than me. Well, his name's Jesus. And he is bigger than you, and he's going to see you through. Right where you're seated this morning, right where you're watching from today, would you just say, Jesus, I need you to step into my heart. Would you tell him that? And be my Lord and Savior. Just tell him in your own words. He doesn't need my words. He needs yours. The desperate cry of I give up. But I don't give up hope. I'm running to the one with hope. Well, if that was you this morning, Seth's going to tell you in just a couple minutes what to do next. Maybe today you walked in and you are in the thick. You are in the middle. You've dropped the ropes. You're hanging on for dear life. Go back to the one who's unchanging. We we'll go to His Word. Want we'll you to listen to what the prophet Isaiah said, and hold on to these words. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, "Do not be afraid, for I've ransomed you." I've called you by name. You're mine. When you go through the deep waters, I'm with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Wherever you are, God is there.